Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Startup Soda Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Elliott. I'm excited to announce season two of the Startup Soda Podcast and the theme for the podcast. This season, we're going to be focusing on talking to individuals who are building their own empire. We're going to approach it from a lot of different aspects and get a lot of different perspectives from people at the beginning of their journey to people in the middle and people who have built an empire. So I'm really jazzed to um, bring you some cool conversations and um, talk about a lot of soda and have a really fun time. And um, yeah, so I appreciate everyone's patience and the delay. Um, Took a little hiatus to rest and reset between season one and season two, but we're going to We're going to do an awesome season and I'm stoked. And our first guest is an incredible entrepreneur and individual, Diego Diaz. And um, I appreciate him coming on the podcast and I appreciate his patience as I prepared for season two. So without any more blabbering from me, let's jump right into it. And we are rolling. Diego, Yo, yo, how, how are things, my man? Things are going very well. Um, thank you for reaching out and excited to chat with you on your, uh, podcast season two, episode one, man. Heck yeah. Season two, episode <laughs> one. So stoked. Season one was fun. We did 10 episodes and now, um, season two, we're not going to change that much, but I felt like season one, I learned a lot and now I'm just going to keep iterating and it's nice to kind of break things up into these like 10 episode segments, but mm-hmm. you, you were just featured in business insider. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I think like a, maybe like a month or two ago, um, I got an email from someone at Webflow talking about that they heard my story on another podcast I was on and, you know, they really loved it. And so they were wondering if I'd be interested in getting um, or like them pitching my story to like different or like business insiders. I guess they're doing a segment on, you know, people who change careers during the pandemic. Um, and yeah, so then we kind of just, I was like, oh yeah, definitely. And then, um, they got it through and I was able to start writing it out and then with help from the editor and stuff. And then, um, it finally launched today. I woke up to it this morning. It's so exciting, man. That's huge. I wish, um, <laughs> business insider didn't like friggin' paywall everything. Cause I'm over here trying to, trying to read it. Um, but the over the overview is basically you used to be a security guard and mm. an Amazon, what do they call it? Delivery helper. Is that what it says? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then now you friggin' run like, what do we call it? Ammo, just ammo, like yeah. ammo, the friggin' ammo. World, yeah, yeah. world's best web flow design agency, right? <laughs> no cap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> basically. <clears throat> yeah, man. I mean, you know, pretty much always just been working really dead end jobs like a uh, bus boy security, like uh, physical labor, yeah, um, fast food, stuff like that. And then um, while I was working graveyard shifts at M- or at a uh, security, I would bring my computer and then I started teaching myself Webflow and a little bit about design and stuff like that. Got into the whole community um, on Twitter and then um, kind of just, you know, didn't really do much for it for a year. And then finally, you know, I was doing some social media stuff at this, 
um, startup and I hated social media. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And then so I was like, you know, yeah, it's trash. Um, and then so I wanted to work on something I liked and I knew that, you know, I really wanted to start getting into designing, building stuff. Um, and I just decided to create ammo. I've never done any type of freelance or agency work in my life. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but like how you mentioned before, uh, we started rolling about actually, no, you, you mentioned that on the call. Sorry about the podcast. You know, you kind of just do it, you iterate, and then you learn, um, you know, and then just keep going and stuff like that. So it's kind of how it was. Yeah, man. So we have one, I mean, this is how we connected on Twitter, Twitter straight up, like changed my life. <laughs> I kid you not. Like I got, I got my first job, my first job in tech from like a cold Twitter DM. And then mm -hmm. I, I like met a bunch of people that led to my next job um, that basically like met them, learned about them on Twitter and just connected with them off Twitter. But like, I've also met like basically everyone that I've ever interviewed basically through Twitter. Mm -hmm. If you use yeah, it right, it's a game changer, yeah. man. It's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I just be tweeting some bullshit sometimes. Um, yeah, yep. But like, yeah, you know, I'm still, you know, still been working out in my favor. Um, get really good engagement. And then I've met some dope people. A lot totally. of besides like my family and like, you know, like my girlfriend and stuff, like everyone else that I'm like really good friends with has been through Twitter as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just met a couple of my, uh, my friends, um, like my boy Ryan. And then, you know, one of my contractors uh, to help out at Ammo. Uh, her name's Kaylee. I just met them in New York. So that was a vibe. Dude, it's so cool to meet people that you've only met online in person. Yeah. Like, that's to me, that's the future. It's like the URL to IRL. Like th that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's so 100%. you can build great relationships with people like this, like just talking through a screen. But then when you're like in person and you can like give them a hug or like, <laughs> I don't know, like you can just like sit next to them and like eat food with each other. Like yeah. that takes it to a lot more personal and deep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Another thing I love about Twitter is like you, this is the first time you and I've like chatted, but like mm -hmm. I, we, I think of you as like, Oh yeah, Diego, he's one of my Twitter friends. So if I see somebody that's like, Hey, do you know anybody that does Webflow? Friggin' tag you tag you. Like <laughs> it's so easy to just like promote your friends. It's, it's such a great place. Yeah. I mean, that's literally how things started taking off for me on my business. Um, you know, with that was that people started tagging me when they started seeing things. Um, and it's just been, yeah, very, always, uh, super grateful when people tag me just because sometimes I don't see things. I used to do like keyword research, but I'll always yeah. check, you know, people doing that, but I haven't been doing that the last few months. Um, and so people are still tagging me. So it's, it's always like, you know, really helpful and then landed some good deals and stuff because of it. Oh yeah. You got to love when other people do the, do your marketing for you. <laughs> for real man i mean you just do good work you're a cool person and you know the rest will kind of go up oh, yeah. oh yeah so i want to hear what is you said you did a lot of like kind of crappy jobs manual labor things like that i spent yeah. basically like up until i don't know last year i spent basically like my whole life doing manual labor and mm -hmm. like I've done a lot of different things. And so let's compare worst jobs. What's your, what's your worst job? My worst job. Uh, um, in terms of the actual job or in terms of like the experience? 
Mm, let's say actual, <laughs> actual job. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. You you go first. Okay, I'll go I'll first. Think about it right now. Um, the worst job <laughs> I ever did. This was like a. It was like a special project. This guy that I went to church with. I'd done some work for him before, and it was always cool. Like he'd take me. He took me like to go help him build this railing for this deck in the San Juan islands on like this million dollar house. Super cool. Mm -hmm. Like it was awesome. And then he's like, Hey, I actually need you to, um, I need you to help to clean out my chicken coop. He ran a chicken farm and I was like, (laughs) okay, I guess like if you're going to pay, I'll do it. So I got a couple of my buddies together and I kid you not, there was like a foot of chicken crap in there. And like dead oh chickens, God. like mixed in, it was, it was disgusting. And we start like prying into it, and it just gets stinkier and stinkier. And there's like a roof on it, so it's like no ventilation. And it was probably like, I don't know, a hundred, hundred and fifty feet by like forty, fifty Jeez. feet. Like it was a pretty big yeah. place. We we're supposed to clean the whole thing. I think we cleaned like maybe a quarter of it, and then we we're like, I can't do it anymore. Like it's too much. And we weren't like, there was no way that we were going to be able to do it like profitably at all. And I kid you not, we, for like weeks afterwards, I'd catch like a little whiff of like the smell, (laughs) call it it a smell back. We'd have like a complete flashback of like the worst smell. Like we'd take like basically all our clothes off before we got in the car because they, they stank so bad. It was terrible. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So nothing comes close to that <laughs> um, for me. You know, I kind of work like normal, you know, just shitty jobs. <laughs> See, I grew, nah, up, I I grew up in the country. Jobs. So, like, yeah. I did all the farm stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, nah, for me, it's just like, you know, just kind of like your typical teenager things, right? It's like, you know, fast food or um, some physical labor. Um, I guess the worst was probably probably being a bus boy yeah. um not, not that like it's like a terrible job but i think it's just like people have like no respect for you totally. um when when you're in a role like that right where you like kind of looked at as like you know like a janitor or yeah. like just someone to clean up after you you know yeah. yeah exactly um so that's probably that's probably one of the worst um in terms of experiences though man there was this i was at some fast food company and it was just it literally could have been like a reality show. Like there was a problem all the time. The managers were weirdos. Um, the owners were weirdos. Like it was just, it was crazy. Um, that reminds me though, this, this one time I was trying to make a business too. It was like a phone repair. Yeah. This has nothing to do with jobs, but, um, <laughs> and like, you know, I was like kind of teaching myself, learning through some videos of repairing phones. I'm like, all right, you know, I think I got it down now. My first first customer ever i go to his house or whatever and i start repairing his phone and i can't put it back together for like four hours i was oh, there at his house no, something dude. that should have took like 20 30 minutes and like we literally had to go and drive to an actual phone repair shop and i had to pay for them <laughs> to like get it done or like to fix it Right, because this dude was a oh. big dude. So he, you know, beat my ass. I was, actually, at the time when I was like, you know, I was like 150, 150 pounds and stuff, and 
And then he still paid me for the work because I technically <laughs> I fixed the phone. I just couldn't put it back together. Yeah. And I'm just like, never again. I threw away all my stuff, <laughs> all my, my equipment. I was like, I'm done with this man. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible <laughs> experience. It was oh. terrible, bro. I was at his house for like four hours. He's like, bro, you can't fix my phone or what? I was like, uh, you know, just give me a little bit. <laughs> you can only say just give me a little bit for so long after yeah, three hours or... like four hours later yeah oh, that man. man that's crazy i love it well um before we get too far in let's do like a formal introduction tell us who you are what you do like i know we talked about it a little bit but i'm super bad about like i just jump in and have a good time and then at the end i'm like <laughs> oh yeah like who are, who are we even talking to so your name is Diego Diaz, and what do you do for, I guess, how do you spend your time? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, my name is Diego. I'm from Los Angeles, 23 years old. Um, I run a web design studio focused primarily on, you know, actual design and then web flow development. Um, we work with predominantly B2B SaaS companies, funded, you know, companies. Uh, we worked with On Deck. We worked with Alchemy.com. We worked with Stacker, uh, Capchase, you know, companies that have raised anywhere from 20 to $200 million. Um, we've been doing that for about a year. It was like the one year anniversary um, back in February. Um, and yeah, I mean, free time stuff. I just really, I just watch anime um, and like, just like other shows. You know, I like to go out and eat, even though I probably should stick to my <laughs> diet more. Working out, I work out a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, six pets, three dogs, three cats, and then yeah, kind of a homebody, but we vibing sometimes. <laughs> Love it. Okay, now that we know who you are, tell us, um, tell the tell the listeners what soda you're drinking today. Yeah, so I'm I'm a lame. And uh, I'm drinking water. <laughs> um, I just try not to drink soda and stuff. Just, you know, try to stay healthy and stuff. Nah, I, um, I got my water yeah, yeah. here, so it's chill. It's sunny. I feel that. Yeah, this is just like like filtered water from my tap. <laughs> but I have like a filter thing. <sighs> Cheers. So do you – you don't drink soda like at all or – like, was it like a hard quit? Like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Or you're like taking a break or you only do it on special occasions. What, what's your relationship like? So with soda, like let's, let's dig into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing like really like too crazy. Like, I don't really think about it like that. Um, most of the time I just order water kind of just like out of habit now, but yeah. Um, you know, like yesterday I had some soda or like in Miami or, uh, Florida, uh, blah, blah, blah. New York, I had some, <laughs> yeah. you know, soda mixed with rum, but um, <laughs> but I don't know. I just don't, I just don't go out of my way to drink it. Sometimes I'll get it at a restaurant or whatever, but like very rarely. I respect that. I have the opposite relationship where if you replaced your relationship with soda for my relationship with water, <laughs> it's, not, it's not great. I have yeah. to be like really no, good a, about drinking water. Yeah. My uh, sister-in-law is literally like that. Like, um, she drinks Coke, like religiously and stuff and like my family every time she'll come over they'll get like a coke bottle just for her and stuff (laughs) and no one else drinks coke you know so like um like we'll just get like some peruvian drink whatever in cacola 
or I don't know, I forgot if it's Cuban or Peruvian, but both both of them have it. Um, and then you know, just like waters or whatever, and it should just should be the only one drinking, you know, Coke. Love it. That yeah, people people are like really. I found that people can be like really fanatical about like what soda they drink. Like I'm totally that way. Mm-hmm. Like I only drink diet soda. Like you will not catch me. Like it has to be basically like, I just want to taste it. Like sometimes I'll bring sodas on and I'll, they're not diet, but I'll just taste them. But like, mm-hmm. I only drink like three different kinds of soda, like diet Pepsi, diet Mountain Dew, diet Dr. Pepper, basically. Um, I'll drink diet Coke once in a while. But like people are, <laughs> people are like really, I yeah. don't know, there's like a whole thing about soda. Like, habit. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, what is your if you are if it is like a special occasion and you're like I'm gonna have a soda? What's your go to? Yeah, um, I only drink like Sprite or Seven okay. Up, depending on where they're at. You know, some people have Sprite, some people yeah. have Seven Up. Or... It'd be it'd be tasting different though in different places. At McDonald's, I'm like. Eh. Cook chicken with that, <laughs> like yeah. try some chicken with that. Uh, Seriously, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's some spicy um, yeah. soda. Some spicy. You heard soda. it, man. I'm like, ah, damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's that's so interesting. I feel like Sprite Seven Up. It's like you can't be. A, it's like the least offensive soda. You can't be offended by a Sprite <laughs> or Seven Up because you're like, yeah, like I know what I'm getting. It's gonna be good. I'm not gonna drink yeah. a ton of it. But like it's reliable. It's always the same. Yeah. But like that's always my go-to. Yeah. yeah, like Coke or Pepsi. Like, I, those. I don't know. Other sodas, you could be like, ah, I'm not really into that. But Sprite's just such. It's almost like original soda. You can't be bad about <laughs> yeah. original soda. It's um, all derived from. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, is there a soda that you hate? Yeah, um, I hate those uh, sodas that try to be healthy. Yes. Um, like I forgot what it's called. I used to, we used to sell it at this fast food spot I used to work at. Um, I forgot. But basically, they have all these like different wild, um, you know, flavors and stuff. Yep. But it just tastes like a straight up booty. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm like, you know, like, why are you trying to compete? Like, <laughs> like don't. If I want to drink soda, I'm drinking it because I want it to taste good. Like, don't. Yeah. Give me something that tastes worse than water. I'll just drink water. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Just like, no. Nah. Or sparkling water. I know it's not soda, yeah. but like sparkling water is disgusting. Disgusting, dude. I can't do uh, it. Give me yeah. soda or give me nothing or water. Soda <laughs> or water. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um, okay. Last, I guess, last. Oh, do you drink energy drinks? That's an interesting question. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's your go-to? I'm trying not to, but I do drink uh, either Bangs, I drink Celsius, or Monsters. Okay. See, I'm a Monster guy. I got my um, watermelon yeah, Monster here. Um, I had to, like I said. I've never say, tried that one. It's pretty good. It's kind of sour. Um, mm-hmm. I like it, but I had to crack yeah. it. This is actually my second one of the day. I had to crack it open because... I, I lost all my energy talking to the DMV ladies. Um, <laughs> I really needed it. No, um, but, um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to start doing other things versus energy drinks. Like I'm, I'm trying out this company called mud water. It's like, um, it's like, uh, what's it called? Shrooms kind of, um, okay. I don't know if it's actually shrooms, you know, like in the, the sense that we think it is, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm also trying this thing called beef organs, um, which is basically, you know, supposed to help with, you know, energy and then like, you know, different things. Totally. Um, I got it recommended it on Twitter cause I was like, man, I'd be a millionaire if I wasn't tired 24 right. <laughs> seven. Um, and so someone recommended it. So I just got it today. So I'm going to start trying it out. I have a couple of friends that reached out to me about it to see my opinion. Um, like after a week or something like that. If I like it, I'm probably gonna make a company out of it, my own company. Yeah, I think it, it's like kind of not like a huge thing yet, but it's like growing. Yeah, it looks like when you showed it on the camera, it looked like a jar of like barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very old looking type thing. So yeah, probably called a D to C model where we just you know make the branding look ridiculous and yeah, uh, yeah make it look sell cool. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, last soda related question. But what what is your favorite soda medium? So some pe- I prefer soda from a fountain. Other people like it from a can or maybe a glass bottle or a plastic mm. bottle. What about you? Um, yeah. So I feel like from you know, like a like say In and Out or McDonald's and stuff. Those yep. always change. Yep, like the way they taste True. Um, per location. So I think the more consistent one is always through a can. So I like like I like cans. Yeah, I respect that. My, my thought on this is <laughs> a fountain, a like good, clean fountain. So I used to work at a movie theater. So I know how these fountains work. I've done them. Mm, and yeah. I understand why they'll taste bad or like if people aren't cleaning them or they're not like staying on top of it, then it's probably not going to taste very good. It's also like the carbon. That, exactly. Yeah, pressure, I think. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If the carbonation's not full or they're starting to run out of syrup or – there's like yeah, a million yeah. things that can go wrong, but a perfect, like a brand new soda fountain, that's the best in the world. I drink okay. cans a lot. I used to actually. I don't drink cans that much anymore, but I get, I get, there's like a can taste. If you drink mm. enough cans, you start to notice it. And um, I'm kind of like out on cans. <laughs> They're like expensive okay. too. Like I did all the math and it's cheaper for me to do like a two liter and just fill it up in this cup. Um, hmm. so that's, what I, that's what I do. That'd be like my second choice is like a two liter, but fountain's always number one. Okay. Recycling, get, get that money back. <laughs> true. True. I start paying for my, um, yeah. But, I mean, I saved, I saved like 30 cents by just refilling. So, and I'm saving the earth. That's, about, that's true. Yeah. Um, okay. That's enough, enough soda for today. Um, <laughs> What I'd love to, or I'd love to talk about next is like, when somebody comes to you, when a startup comes to you and they're like, "Hey, we want to do a website," or like, "We, hey, we want to do a website. How do we do a website?" No, we want like to do a, <laughs> build a new website, or we want to do a rebrand or something like that. Yeah. It's like, what is the first thing they like? I don't know. How do you start that conversation? Do you want people to come to you with an idea or you want them to like give you the reins and let you run with it? How do you think about having that conversation? Sure. So basically we like to kind of start off, um, you know, we're not at a point now where it's like, we're not just working with anyone mm-hmm. um, for any price. So we're trying to, you know, on our form, we have like a filtering system where if they're not at least, you know, a budget of around 15 K um, depending on the amount of pages, we do like one page for like 10 K and then everything else is like, you know, different number or whatever, depending on the amount of pages. Um, so we try to have like, at least like a, you know, really healthy budget, make sure totally. they're serious and stuff like that. 
And then in terms of creative, um, we like to kind of handle that. We do offer a really good collaboration. We're method where we're like showing mood boards. We give two options based on their design discovery. I do, I ask certain questions about their brand, their vision, goals and stuff. Um, and then my designer will take that and make it a mood board, some visuals, aesthetics, you know, kind of different components and stuff. Um, and the client will pick between the two and then we'll start, you know, creating some wireframes and um, basically the structure of the site and then, you know, make it the final design with that type of aesthetic that they chose in the mood boards. Um, so I guess when it comes to, you know, starting the conversation really just depends on, you know, what are you guys trying to do? I like to, uh, optimize for you know you know either business goals as much as possible versus just making yeah. a pretty site um you know for us we try to you know optimize for conversions as much as possible try to make sure that we have you know social proof testimonials um you know things like that um a lot of it to be top of um the top of the fold or whatever and then um also you know if there's certain things that they're having issues with like messaging or trust or something like that we'll try to you know make our designs around that um there's a lot of companies that you know just kind of sell nice looking sites and that's fine that's a niche in itself yeah. some brands just want full-on you know crazy looking sites um for us for us we try to make you know nice practical sites that help solve business goals so you know i try to ask that you know um basically why are they coming to us what's wrong with your current site you know stuff like that um and then kind of just go from there Everything's kind of like a case by case situation. Totally. So would you rather like, do you typically work with people that they have something already that sucks or they don't like it and then they come to you or is it like Diego, like we don't have anything. We just raised money. We need a website. Mm -hmm. Like where do you usually fall in? Where do you prefer to fall in? Yeah. Um, honestly, personally, I like to work with companies who are funded and they kind of just put up a whatever website um just because it kind of shows the difference in like mm -hmm. you know you're not getting your results from the site right and obviously because it was super cheap or you know they kind of just did it themselves um and then you realize that okay you know to get you know really good results and to actually have a really nice looking site um you know i'm gonna need to like just invest some you know good yeah. amount of money uh, we have done sites where it's like you know they literally didn't have anything and then we kind of just you know took it from there um but i guess personally i just like seeing the difference between you know what either other companies have done either you know cheaper rates or founders who just kind of did it themselves versus what we do and i kind of like just oh, like yeah. looking at the difference oh, and stuff, yeah. you know? no yeah. people people love like me included we we as humans love that like before after there's something like mm -hmm. really i think soothing or I don't know. Like there's some sort of chemical reaction in our <laughs> brains when we're like, that sucks. That's cool. It's like, it's like, you'll see those videos. You'll see videos of like people with like a pressure washer, like washing off. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so watching silly, that yeah. Like, yeah. Like we love that crap and we see it at the end. Yeah. And we're like, Oh my gosh. Round of applause. Like it's the same way for websites. I, I, I totally believe 100%. that. Yeah. We try not to like, do comparisons publicly just because we don't know who designed it or who made it or any sentimental value um but internally or like with the client we'll be like you know like you know what i mean yep. like <laughs> totally. like there's a company i'm working with now where it's like it's 
probably the biggest difference in turnaround, like, a, you know, quality of how it looks and stuff like that and functions. Um, like, it's a massive, massive, massive difference. Yeah. I think they I did love- it, like, on Wix or something like that. And so yeah. it's just, like, really bad. And then, um, you know, we just presented the new designs to them. And they absolutely love it and super excited about it. And, um, yeah. Yeah, we've we've reached, I don't know. I'm, like... It's interesting if we look back, like you and I are basically the same age. I'm 25, you're 23. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 15 years ago when you and I were starting to kind of play around on the internet, websites looked so bad. Like generally they uh, look terrible. And it's, I've yeah. noticed like <clears throat> in the last few years, the bar for a website, like the lowest bar or like what is considered good has been raised like almost like double just in the last two years and the ability for people to have like really incredible websites is so much higher. Like even, even what I can go do just by myself on like Squarespace or whatever, just like use a template and try to make it look good. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's light years ahead of what I could have done a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. With that in mind, like how do you, stand out like because now if we say that the bar has been raised and you're doing so much more like than just like what is good what are like mm-hmm. why is what you do so much better than what everyone else can do like i'm not saying it's not i'm i want i want to know like why give me like the like the sales pitch why ammo makes websites that are 10 times better than what like a founder can make yeah um i think when founders try doing things themselves you know they kind of come from a place of i guess just kind of more a little bit more closed-minded in terms of what they're actually trying to do or they have like their experiences right but then that doesn't always resonate with the actual end user so for us we kind of take an outside approach and we mix in you know you know trying to optimize for conversions and actual strategy behind the site and not just kind of putting things you know a b c d e f g um you know we do like a site map thing where we really kind of work on the structure of the site um and then i don't know that's a good question i mean i always just know based on just like what we're able to show people like the work we've done but i guess actually thinking about it like saying it or what makes us like different or makes us unique and stuff. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I guess uh, it's something I need to think about. You know, I'm not going to sit here and try to make something up. Um, <clears throat> like I know that we do, you know, fantastic yeah. work, but I guess I need to figure out a way to actually describe it. You know what I mean? Well, so I, thanks for bringing that to my attention. Yeah. yeah. No, well, like what I'm hearing from you in that, in that explanation, I like a lot because I think it's, it's super true what you the way that you approach it is so different than the way a founder approaches it like Mm. if i'm say i start a company i'm building it i'm like this close to the problem like i'm so close to it and i'm like all consumed by it and i think that i know everything about it and i think that when you get too close to a problem or a product or a customer or whatever you think that you know everything and you get in your own way and you don't you're not thinking about like how will this convert or how will a customer approach this? You just think like, I know everything and I have to make it this certain way. And I think that that like you can get in your own way and where you can come in is like, you have this perspective of 
I know how to build websites that can that can convert. I know how mm-hmm. people think about things when they come to a website. I know how to map things out in a way that actually makes sense and how we can mm-hmm. approach this from like this third party perspective, because you can see so much more when you like take a step back and you have that experience of like, I build websites for a living. I'm not just trying to like put my ideas like down onto a screen. And so I think yeah. that, like, there's so much benefit in having like almost having you as like a partner to be like, mm. whoa, 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 let's get some perspective. Let's get like that, that bird's eye view and think about how can we approach this in like a really concise way that's going to be really effective. That's what I'm hearing. The bars. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a great way to kind of break it down. Um, wow. Yeah. That's dope. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so I'm curious how, what is different about how you, how you work now than when you got started? I imagine when you got started, it was probably just like you in your room, like friggin' just, <laughs> just going to town yeah, pretty bad. and now you have a team. Like how, how does that change things? hundred percent. So it's funny. Um, we're actually have a, a client who has been there from when I literally was kind of first starting out to now. And they've noticed a complete change in like in the process and difference and stuff like that in the process and everything like that. So before, you know, I kind of would just like, one, it was like very cheap prices. And then, you know, just add onto a Slack and then just start kind of working on it. Um, I had no onboarding. I had no like communication, um, no presentation, you know, like professional presentation with things. Um, and then plus the work wasn't even that great, you know, it's kind of just myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I just, I'm not the best designer. Like, you know, I, one of my biggest things we're trying to find someone who's better than me at design luckily found that. Um, but now we have like a whole, you know, process and systems and, you know, this is what happens. Um, when you, when you onboard, we have like a checklist, you know, we're just really making it professional, trying to make things super easy, super smooth for the actual client um you know and then kind of just provide a you know great experience that you know if they're gonna be investing 10 20 30 40k they feel like you know one that we're like a partner and that we're actually there to help make sure that they are getting you know the most um value as possible um from our time together and um yeah so i guess it's just really that it's just where we have like an actual process now we're a lot more professional in our presentations and how we kind of go about communication and stuff like that. And then the end results of the actual site are just like a hundred times better as well. So I, I imagine that your role has shifted a lot from basically like guy making website to guy selling services, guy talking to customer, guy presenting product. Like, have you 100% enjoyed yeah. that shift or do you sometimes miss just being like i'm gonna make the website and then i'm gonna send it to them and then i'm gonna peace out <laughs> yeah so that's actually you know completely like correct um i've done one website in like the last few months um and i did like you know like maybe like 80 percent, 80 90 percent of it and then i had someone help i think it's just uh you know to really compete and really provide the top level quality of work, I needed to kind of take myself out of there since that's not even my strong suit. It was like all the deliverables. Um, I've come to notice that my strong suit is more on the business side 
Um, you know, basically what we said, we're trying to get the clients, I closing these clients, closing these big deals, um, and then making sure the processes and everything's organized from the actual, you know, project standpoint, uh, all the communication, you know, design reviews, you know, I'm doing that. Um, and then like handoff and stuff like that. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, more definitely a lot more on the business side. Um, there's a lot of downtime when it comes to that role, honestly, just because, you know, when things are being done i i kind of have a manager approach of kind of being a kind of hands-off um <clears throat> you know i provide everything needed for the designer for the developer um and then i kind of just let them work and then maybe i'll check in like once or twice a week you know and let, unless they hit me up with certain questions or the client asks like a certain question where i need to get the answer um but other than that i kind of just you know i just let them work and then you know, just check in like maybe a couple times a week. Um, and so there's a lot of downtime on that part. So that's the only times where I kind of wish that sometimes I was doing the work again, yeah. um, just so I can kind of just stay busy on that front. Um, but I think, you know, what I do provides a, a significantly higher ROI versus if I was trying to fit in actually doing the work as well. Yeah. Um, and then plus too, like people are relying on me to kind of pay their bills. Even though the contractors technically, um, you know, I work with them literally every single project, like the same, like two or three people. Um, and, you know, some of them don't even look for other opportunities. So it's kind of like just on me to kind of make sure that, you know, they're able to, you know, eat and pay the bills and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, I could take these projects, but then, you know, that stops other people from getting opportunities as well to make money and to grow and, you know, kind of advance and stuff in life. Yeah, I love that. So I'm imagining, not that we have that many listeners, but pretend, let's pretend. <laughs> let's pretend there's some some kid sitting in his room, or he's he's driving to work right now, and he's driving to his job yeah. that, he, that he hates. And he's listening to this, and he's like, I have this skill, and I know that people want it, and I want to start a business like Diego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what's the first step? Like, how do you get started? You How do you like find that first client? How do you get over the hump to feel like this is actually a, a viable thing? Yeah. So basically, um, you know, funny enough that you're brought up, you know, driving to work that you hate. Um, at my first car was a 1990 Toyota Corolla. Love it. It was so ugly and like, you know, <laughs> stuff. And it literally broke down on me on the freeway. Um, and like, I was stuck in the middle of the freeway. Um, so I've been there before totally have yeah it was it was so annoying it was like after a a graveyard shift as well so like you know i was already so tired um you know for me i think one of the best things you can do is really work on your craft and make sure you're at a point where people like you like kind of should charge money for something yeah right you know people businesses even if they're smaller you know they're that's their hard-earned money um they really care about the end result. So like, you know, it'd be doing a disservice um, if, you know, you're not at least trying your best to make sure that your work is the best it can be. Um, But I would definitely get on, you know, some type of social media platform or wherever where your target audience is at. There's certain people who want to target restaurant owners, right? So maybe be on, you know, uh, Instagram more than you would be on Twitter Uh, for us or for me. I'm on, you know, startup world. So I like to be on Twitter, you know, I dabble on LinkedIn, 
I just kind of, whenever I remember to post something on LinkedIn, I'll do it. Um, but yep. mostly Twitter. So that's why I chose, you know, to kind of focus on that front. Um, and then, you know, you got to showcase your work, man. Like for me, um, I too, no, like a lot of my contractors have been people that have never done it before, or they have like 10 to a hundred followers on Twitter, but then they just showcase some work that they did. And I somehow came across it. And then they've been working with me ever since. Like my designer was like that. Where it's like, I think she literally had like less than a hundred followers or whatever. Um, probably even less than that, like maybe like less than 50 or something. And she posted a template, you know, for Webflow. And then I just absolutely loved it. And I reached out to her and she's been doing all my projects ever since for design. Um, and then, yeah, same thing with, you know, some other contractors and stuff. Um, and also too, so once you have like a little portfolio, just kind of showcasing your work, I would start reaching out to agencies or whatever is kind of similar in your like specific niche or industry. Um, you know, try to target people who have, you know, that, um, I guess that reputation already, who are already getting clients. It's a lot easier to work with them when they're like, you know, super loaded and they kind of need some extra help yep. um, to get some experience, to get some money. Um, versus trying to get a brand new client when you have no experience yeah. or anything like that. Interesting. Um, so that's, yeah, I always tell people to do that. You know, if you're trying to be a web designer or, you know, app designer or whatever, or a developer, um, reach out to agencies first. You know, I've, a lot of people who've cold emailed me or DM me, I gave work to. Um, some people did great. Some people didn't. I'm not going to work with them no more. You know, the people who did do great, I send them work all the time or I have them help me on projects um and so that's what i think it is i think that's the move we're you know, just reaching out to agencies or other freelancers who are pretty popular you know they're going to be busy um they can still take a margin or they can just pay you a, a whatever fee and then it'll be a lot easier to get that experience and money yeah. um and a lot quicker to do that and trying to get new clients off the bat yeah i love that because i mean i would have thought that what i thought you're going to say is like just go start finding finding clients and that's way hard. Like I've been Super there hard, man. and yeah. like, I mean, I do some, I just been like, I'm an attorney, I guess. And I do some like <laughs> legal work and some consulting on the side and stuff like that. And that's not like, I've never gotten any work by like, I don't know, like, hi, do you need legal work? Like it's never been yeah. like, and I think that would be like a really hard way to start building a business is just like cold outreach. And so I love, this idea of like, hey, go like get the experience, go find the people that are doing what you want to do and get close to them, learn from them, make money mm -hmm. because everyone's got bills. Yeah. To pay. And then you can start like building up that reputation, building that portfolio. And then from there, it becomes a lot easier to start like getting those those first customers. I love that. Literally. Yeah. Because you know how the process is. It's a lot different working with clients than it is um, just making some projects yourself. Totally. Right. Um, and then you kind of understand how you should be speaking to clients, how you should kind of navigate, um, you know, stuff like that. And then, you know, when people ask me certain things, I provide game for them um, and how to go about getting some new clients. But, you know, they wouldn't have learned that if, you know, they didn't reach out to me or whatever. Totally. Um, and then, you know, just the PSA, it should be common knowledge, but it's not, you know, if you reach out to someone, they give you an opportunity, make sure you do 110% um to the best of your abilities and you know because you know maybe some short-term money they legally have to pay you whatever but you're gonna mess up a long-term relationship 
Um, and I always try to always try to think long term versus short term stuff, long term money versus short term money. Excuse me. Um, so yeah. No, I love that. I love that. I think especially for I don't know. I don't want to like I don't want to slander our like generation, <laughs> but I think it's hard for people that are younger to I don't know, especially like growing up with social media and just growing up the way that in like such a technological um kind of world, especially where we're told like network, network, network. It can be yeah. go, like, forced into this like transactional world where we think really short term. Everything's kind of short term in terms of like, I don't know, the world just can feel really short term, but where you really yeah. get long term benefit or like the real ROI is building long term relationships and like long term friendships. Like, I don't know, you you might meet somebody one time like two years ago and be like, oh, well, that's the end of it. And then two years later, they're like, oh, hey, yeah, you were really cool. You, you want to do my website? Like, it's not... Yeah. You're not going to get that by being like, hey, what can I get out? How can I get the most out of you right now so I can move on? Like, that's a really good way to make a lot of enemies and also like build a terrible reputation for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Reputation for me is everything, man. Um, You know, I want to be like, I think about, okay, is this decision or, you know, is this when I'm 40 years old, am I going to regret what I did today? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, side note, just like those, a lot of these TikTokers, you know, are doing these dances, trying to act all yep. sexy for ladies and stuff. Yep. Like, you know, they think it's cool right now, but I guarantee they're going to be writing it <laughs> at 40 years old and stuff. You know what I mean? Making those crazy faces and, you know, shirtless and all this stuff. Um, so I try to have that mentality. That's something that I, I try to do. Obviously, I don't do it all the time. You know, I tweet some stupid shit or I'll say some stupid shit. But, you know, in general, especially in business, I try to have that mentality for sure. Totally. Totally. Okay. Um, this has been like a, a masterclass on getting started. <laughs> I have, I have one kind of last question. And this is something that like personally I struggle with because I sure. feel like, like I just got out of school, a, not even a year ago. I just passed the bar this fall. I like, I think I like got the skills to pay the bills, but I feel like I'm so new. Like, do I need to give people like, how do I charge people? Like, should I be charging enough? And like, my inclination is always to charge people less. But I know mm. from from like listening to other people talk and also from listening to you talk that like, when you start working with, when you start charging more for your services or start charging what you're worth, it weeds out a lot of the bad customers. And also like, it it's just a better way to play the game, you know, charge yeah. what you're worth. Like, don't overcharge people. But how do you, I guess, how do you approach that when you're getting started? Like, you want to, I know from doing, from starting businesses in the past, you want to just like take any, any business that you can get, like anyone that's like willing to pay you money. You're like, whatever I'll do. You need me to build a bridge. I don't know how to build a bridge, but like I'll frigging try. Mm-hmm. They're like $500. You're like, sure. Like, let's do it. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. you feel like almost forced into it. So that's like one reason why I like what you're saying about like, go reach out and like, see how you can do work for people that are already doing it. Like, Go to be the yeah. subcontractor. But like when you're doing your own thing, how do you figure out pricing? How do you get comfortable charging what you're really worth, you know? Yeah. So I guess I don't know for sure if that advice would apply to every single industry. Um, just because, you know, off the top of my head, I'm not really thinking about other industries right yeah, now. I'm sure. just thinking about mine. Um, but I think that can apply, you know, maybe say you're a financial guy, right? 
and you're trying to get some new clients, I would reach out to some financial people that are already doing it, right? So I guess that could apply to, you know, multiple industries. Um, if that's not the route you want to go, I think, honestly, you should go the route where you just take anything you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it sucks, even though the clients are terrible at, you know, $500,000, um, you know, I think it's one, you're building that skill set. Two, you're building um, that experience. Three, you're getting reviews and actual testimonials. Um, and that's something where that is pretty much required once you start getting to the five, ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollar range. Yep. People are not gonna just work with anyone. They wanna know to have make you uh, make sure you have some credibility. And so if you're trying to charge, you know, quote unquote what you're worth, starting out the bat, you're not worth shit out the bat. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta pay your dues, you know what I'm saying? Like you just gotta do what you gotta do to get to the point where you're really getting that experience and that knowledge and you understand what you're doing. You know, for the first few projects for me, I have no idea what I was doing. Now I'm getting to a point where I'm like, okay, you know, like I'm super confident now. I know exactly what we do, how we do it, um, you know, the time frame of what we can do it. There's certain things you just don't know until you start doing it a few times, you know, in terms of like, okay, if it's going to be like four or five pages, okay, we can do that in four to six weeks or whatever versus, you know, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Like just little things like that where um, you gain that knowledge or that kind of just like awareness about it after doing it for a certain amount of times. Um, so that's what I think. And I think, you know, okay, you know, what's your guys' budget for the project or for the service? I'll be like, oh, like a thousand dollars. Okay, we can do that. You know, starting off, you know, at maybe three, four, five, you know, depending on whatever. Um, then you start charging more. Oh, okay. You know, I was actually thinking a little bit more about uh, maybe $2,000. Oh, that's a little bit too high. Okay, so maybe we can work on a deliverable that makes sense for a thousand dollars versus you know yeah. the full on scope of what you guys are looking for. You know, once you get to a point where you know you have some work behind you on your belt, or and you have some testimonials, some experience, um, that's when you can start kind of doing negotiation. And for me, I never negotiate on price. I just negotiate on scope. So if they want ten pages, you know, design and development, you know, for like. $10,000. I'm like, you know, um, I think we're just a little bit off. Um, you're not on the same page when in terms of scope versus pricing. Um, for that price, you know, here's a deliverable that we can do that makes sense. And, you know, that's for, it's fair for both of us. Um, a lot of times they're like, oh, I don't want that. You know, I, I just want the full thing. Okay. You know, it'll be that this price. You just got to stand firm on it. You know, yeah. you can't look desperate. You can't look, you know, you got to, yeah, too. So I guess that side note, too, is like, make sure you have some bread on you. Um, yeah. I don't know if you're, you know, people are either working a job at the same time or they have some money saved up, but make sure you do. Um, cause then you'll just go back to our point earlier about making short-term decisions. Um, you're going to look desperate. Oh, I need this money. I need, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I need this deal. I need this deal. Okay. Yeah. You know, you know, $20,000. Oh, I'll, I'll do it for 10,000. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, Oh, the hell? I don't want to work with someone like that. Um, uh, so there's a lot of reasons not to do stuff like that, but, um, yeah, starting off just that we got to do to get that. Yeah. And then, and then you'll hate yourself when you're for in 60 hours in and you're like, wait, how much <laughs> am I making on this? Yeah, yeah. no, hundred percent. But that's, you know, it's just part of the game, honestly, in service business, you know, when yep. you're really just starting off and you've never done anything like this before, you know, there's some people who are in agencies and stuff for a couple of years and then they branch out on their own. And then, um, like they have that, experience in that portfolio and stuff so they can go out the bat charging 20 30k or whatever for a project but if you're like this is your first time ever doing it nah man like you, know, you gotta just 
totally business is a long-term game you just got to do what you got to do totally i really like the i've learned a lot of things actually like not that i didn't think i was going to learn anything but like you've i've had like <laughs> my mind like enlightened on a couple of these these things that you're talking about and i never i guess it's just such a smart thing to not negotiate on price but to negotiate on scope like yeah I think people get so emotionally in, tied to a dollar. Like they put a mm-hmm. dollar in their head and they think that they put that in their head, but they put that in their heart. And they're like, this is yeah. how much I'm yeah. willing to part with. Like, this is my money. They get like, I don't know if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, but they get like Gollum. Like, this is friggin' mine. And you, I'm willing <laughs> to give it to you, but you have to give me what I want. And instead of saying, give me more money, you can just say, actually, this is what I can do for that. And hopefully you can find a happy medium. And I just like, I never would have even thought to negotiate like that. Um, so like listeners, you friggin', you just got a gem right there from the one and only. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it just, it really just makes you look, you know, kind of desperate and then they know, they know that they can go even lower or they might not even want to work with you just because of that. Um, I think when people see cheap, they want to know why it's cheap, right? Or they think about why it's cheap. Um, so if you do, if you negotiate on scope and you have some type of savings or you have a job where you don't need that client, um, you know you're in a lot better position negotiation wise than you would be if you're you know, down to your last like five hundred dollars and um, you know like just just you need that project. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's some projects where, you know, depending on the client, okay, you know, like this can probably, this is a big name. Um, this can probably bring me some, a lot more clients down the road. Um, so sometimes, you know, it's a little give and take. Um, I, I don't really, you know, I try not to do that most of the times, but sometimes, you know, totally. business to business, you got to understand yep. what the long-term value or what you can gain from it. Um, you know, just got to play it smart, but yeah. definitely don't, you know, don't be, you know, you know, desperate about things. Totally. I love that. So here's a question. Um, what, what is like, what is next for you? Like you're building ammo right now. And I, I can tell just from talking to you that you're, you're an ambitious guy. You're not, um, (laughs) you're not just trying, I, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that you're just trying to like start ammo and then move and like live on the beach. Like I, I think that you're probably trying to build a lot of bigger things. So, um, kind of yeah. what, what's the vision? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you're hundred percent correct. Uh, I'm looking into some other business ventures, um, as well. Um, just to kind of build up that cash flow totally. and, um, I guess just like, you know, amount of money I have and then invest into properties, um, specifically, you know, like apartments or like, you know, commercial properties. Um, I have no sense of kind of slowing down or, um, thinking small, you know, even though I'm a year in and it's completely different situation than I was before. Um, I'm trying to get wealthy as fast as I possibly can. <laughs> I try to have a patience thing where it, you know, it takes time, <laughs> but like, you know, I'm not going to be not doing anything every single day. You know, you know, I want to be working for it. So, um, I'm playing with some ideas right now. Um, in terms of new business ventures, 
I've been reinvesting into ammo to kind of get things a lot more streamlined and then, um, you know, get more clients on that front. And then I'm going to take those profits um, from those businesses and, yeah, start investing in real estate, acquiring companies. You know, I'm really interested in um, that boring business uh, type of, you know, industry where you're, you acquire laundromats, you acquire, um, you know, plumbing businesses, stuff like that, cash flowing businesses, high margin, um, you know, really profitable companies. Um, and then kind of just, you know, going from there and then seeing what happens, uh, you know, once I start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I'm, I'm starting to think about my career. Like I want, when I get excited, I have a hard time talking. Um, <laughs> so I interviewed somebody a few episodes back and he, I went to, we grew up in the same town. He's like five years older than me. So like, I always like saw him around, but like we never like really knew each other, but he mm-hmm. basically like went into tech, did sales. And then um, like last, last year, so like last fall, he bought an insulation brokerage business. Which is like, first of all, didn't even know that was a thing, but he like found yeah, it, yeah. he bought it, and he's like, he's like doing the whole like build in public, the SMB like boring business thing, and he's killing it, and he's like growing the yeah. business a ton, and he's like, this is huge for me financially, like killing it. I think he said, I don't know, he's he's killing it, and that like, I'd always thought of thought like, oh, I kind of want to like own a business one day, that'd be yeah. cool, and I've always been like like kind of attracted to like the small business kind of thing. Cause like my dad started a small business when I was growing up and it's just kind of like romantic a little bit to like not do the, yeah. the like venture thing where you're trying to make it like a billion dollars. You're just building something like this can make my family really wealthy and I can, mm-hmm. it's boring, but like we can make the machine run and the, the machine will spit out money for us. And it's great. And, but boring I, prints, bro. yeah, exactly. Like, but I put that out of my head for a while. Cause I was like, I fell in love with this tech dream and they're yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to go work at the you. next unicorn and I'm going to be friggin' a millionaire overnight and it's going to be chill. And then like I got into tech and like now I'm like torn because part of me says either like in a few years, um, maybe I'll go start something and I'll go mm-hmm. raise, go rate, try to go raise money and start the next unicorn. But part of me is like, or I'll just friggin' get out of tech altogether and go buy like an insulation brokerage business and work in my house and friggin' that's all. Like I'll do my like yeah. little like boring business and have a great life with my family. But I don't know, yeah. man, I'm, I'm torn. Like I'm going to kind of start. Uh, go for it. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. Not to cut you off. I think it really depends on your goals. Um, for me, like. I feel like tech is very risky, obviously, right? Like nine out of 10 fail. Totally. Um, so you have to be in the right, you know, boat for that. And then plus, even if you're, you're a really high paid person, like um, you're never going to build, you know, wealth based on a job or whatever. Right. Nope. Um, I guess if you start the company, right. You know, but you still have to pay back all your investors. You have really expensive employees. Yep. I think you still have like a salary. I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure how that goes. Um, but with businesses, you know, like that's kind of a more guaranteed or real estate and stuff. That's a more guaranteed pathway to, um, to wealth and really like creating not even like to be some corny shit, but like, you know, like generational wealth and stuff where you really have actual assets, um, that, you know, are really making some serious money and stuff. 
Um, for me, I'd rather buy and then and then build versus build um, or like start from scratch. Um, just because starting from scratch is hard, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, a lot of companies don't work out, even if you have, you know, a good idea or whatever, just, you know, maybe these people have been in a comp- the business longer and people just, you know, gravitate them to them more. Um, so I'd rather buy companies that are already doing really great. Um, you know, you can just get an SBA loan and then, um, you know, maybe you can crowdfund a little bit of it if you want and then put down like five to 10%, nothing too crazy. Um, and then you start printing money day one, you know, you start getting cash flow, and after a while you'll pay back your stuff. And then you have, you know, assets that are really, really making you some serious bread. Um, and then you can use, you know, any equity from that, or you can sell it and then make more money and then reinvest it to something else. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm down to get out of tech too. Like I'm, I've never said it publicly, but like, you know, I'm not really planning on doing ammo for that much longer. Um, kind of using it as the vehicle to fund these other ventures that I really, really want to do and that I know that are going to really, you know, change my life and my family's life and stuff um, totally. and my, you know, my future family's life and stuff. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about it in a similar way and I, you put kind of words to what I've been thinking and there's mm-hmm. something different. There's a huge difference between going from zero to one and like one mm-hmm. to a hundred. It's like a different, it's a completely yeah. different skill set. And it's a completely different game. Like zero to one, you're trying to get to like cash flow. And one one yeah. to one hundred, you're trying to like maximize cash flow, but you have the cash flow. And yeah, exactly. I think like the key is not at least how I'm thinking about it, like the key to building wealth is not doing like zero to one, zero to like a bunch of times. It's doing one to one hundred a bunch of times so that you can build more and more cash flow. Like what we, yeah. what we all need is we need more cash flow. And I play the I play the zero to one game at work. So what I'm doing outside of work should not be playing the zero to one game. It should be playing the yeah. one hundred game, you know. Or or if I am gonna play zero to one, zero to one better be friggin' short so that I can get to one <laughs> pretty fast. So I'm thinking about Literally. doing like vending machines. That's something that I really want to get on this year. Like that feels like a really short zero to one. Where like within a few months we can be cash flow positive and it's not like it's not like I'm trying to invent anything. I'm just doing following the playbook yeah. and I just gotta just gotta execute and yeah, and, smart like, like little thing that can get you started in that route. I'd yeah. recommend um I'd recommend buying um vending routes versus vending yeah. machines and then trying to start from like the same thing, right? Yeah, just on a, totally. a smaller scale. Um you know, because if you have a vending machine, you got to find the location. You yeah. got to make sure that it's like high traffic. You got to, you know, do all this different stuff. Um, but if you buy vending routes, like it's already established, it's already there. The machine's already there. Um, it's already making money type stuff. So I feel like, you know, See, one to 100 for everything. You called out, you called out like the one fatal flaw in my thinking is I get so like, so risk averse to putting out the money. Like, ooh, that's a lot of money. But you like I'm, I think about it wrong. Instead of thinking like, "Oh, that's a lot of money," it's what am I actually buying? Am I buying cash mm-hmm. flow, or am I going to sink my money into trying to figure out cash flow? I've done it yeah. time yeah. and time again. Do I want to actually get to cash flow, or do I want to spend all my time figuring out how to get to cash flow? Super smart. Fact. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Awesome man. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a, a different game when you start thinking about certain things. 
that's the thing like you know i wasn't thinking like this a year or two ago just you know you start getting to a different point um one thing you know you try to zero to one and then you start getting to different around people or you kind of just have a different relationship with money and you start thinking of it a lot differently uh for me before i used to be kind of not like really frugal but i would kind of um just be like oh i know if i spend this money you know, I'm not gonna make it back until a certain amount of time or, you know, whatever, I lost all this money, right? And then now for me, if I, you know, if I spent a lot in New York, for example, or, um, you know, I buy this, buy that, I'm just like, I'll just make it back. Yeah. So it's definitely like, I don't know, it's like, it's hard to think about it when you're in a certain spot, but like, once you get to another different, you know, area than where you used to be, you start thinking like that. It's like, okay, you know, I spent, you know, a thousand dollars in one night or whatever, I'll just make it back. You know what I mean? So, totally. you know, just kind of thinking like that in, in a lot of different regards about, I don't know, just having a different relationship with money. I totally. forgot my point on that was, but um, no, man, I love, <laughs> I love another it. cool thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's jump into the lightning round because I know you're a busy guy and um, I'm a busy guy. I got, I'm off work mm-hmm. this week, which is nice, but my wife, <laughs> I know my wife wants me to go go help with the kids pretty soon. So, um, what question one of the lightning round? What is a mm-hmm. startup that you wish existed? Put differently, what is a problem that you wish somebody would solve? Um, I feel like if this was possible, they'd print so much money <laughs> to fix to fix the the shape of people's heads. <laughs> I like that. Some people be having some big ass heads. Yeah. You know I mean? uh, no, I'll be serious. Uh, I mean that's a fact, but let's see. <laughs> I think that I think that'll print money though. Um, but um, I I was reviewing the questions and like I don't know, I just couldn't really think of it. I think just anything that really solves like actual problems in life versus just like oh here's another productivity right. tool or like something to sell to other startups. You know what I mean? Just because you know that it's gonna you're gonna be able to raise money from it um that's kind of where i'm at with that like there's an example um actually i'll just save that for the next question um but yeah just i can't think of anything off the top of my head um but pretty much anything that actually solves problems that actually helps people um i think maybe just making a startup that is able to do some food tech or whatever that can you know really feed people um like nutrition like nutritional you know stuff yeah um i never realized how expensive eating healthy was until i started eating healthy um and getting like you know once animals started picking up and i started investing into my health more i'm like damn bro this is like i mean it's not ex- oh, yeah. super expensive like by myself right but when you have a family and stuff like like i bet like that's you know super expensive that's why people go the cheaper routes and go to mcdonald's yep. and stuff and they kind of just you know continue that cycle of uh being unhealthy and like you know being overweight or whatever um so i think something like that would be you know really beneficial um just because like it really can change your life when you totally. eat healthy and eat right you know for me i used to feel like so sluggish and like nasty like feeling just like uh icky all the time is because of the food you eat. your gut um is really important and it's more important than people even know um and it, it really messes with your your brain and stuff i think they're like connected or something like that um and yeah yeah man i um no, I, I lost, I'm bet I'm down like 30 pounds from where I was two years ago. And I, wow. I was like a year ago, I was down 30 pounds from where I am now. I like lost 60 pounds in 2020, 
gained 40 pounds in 2021. Now I'm back down like 10 or 15 pounds and like working. Um, So I'm down like 10 or 15 pounds and I, I'm working like my, my sister's a personal trainer. I'm like working on it, like tracking my food, all that. And it's incredible how much different I feel just like about myself, but like energy wise, Mm -hmm. like when I feel comfortable in my skin, comfortable in my clothes, like it can, it literally changes your life to feel good yeah. about yourself and to wake up and feel, and to just be healthy. It's, it's a nine day difference. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty crazy where it's like, that's not like a normal thing. No. You know what I mean, yeah. Where it's just like a really, it's pretty expensive to be able to do even something yeah. simple like that. I think an interesting would be simple. Yeah. 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 I think an interesting, like potential product that could help is if there was a, I guess maybe like an app that would help you basically like plan your meals or like plan your budget in a way that like, these are the thing, the meals that we're eating. This is what we're going to buy. Is there a healthier alternative? Or like mm. price comparing, like I'm going to get this, this is healthier. This one actually isn't that much more expensive because I think like a big part of it is knowing what's healthy, knowing how yeah, to do yeah. it not super expensive or how to avoid like the stuff that looks healthy, but it's not actually healthy or just expensive. Yeah. Some Mm -hmm. sort of tool to help you shop better. Like that's one of the things, man, like I got two kids and like I'm married two kids and we, it's like every week we're like, crap, we got a grocery shop again. (laughs) It's like a huge, a huge obstacle. Like we got to pick the right food to buy, try to keep in our budget and if we could help people, like if it could be easier for people to do that, I think more people would eat healthy, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a, a big issue right now that needs to be solved and stuff. Free startup idea. Whoever's listening. Yep. Take <laughs> it, please. Okay. What is the last book that you read? Um, It's called, uh, it's from this guy. So I'm like, he's not a, like a money Twitter or a, Twitter, Twitter money, money, Twitter. Yeah. Money, Twitter yeah. guy, but his name's Alex Hormonzi. Um, he's just some dude who's like super, super smart. He's literally makes like a hundred million dollars a year. It's called, uh, so it's called a hundred million dollar offers. Basically, um, you know, that question that you asked me earlier where I kind of got stuck on, is like, you know, what is my difference and stuff with my business and stuff or how am I better or uh, different? So this is basically try to help that is basically making offers so good that people feel stupid saying no. Yeah. Um, you know, web design is a very hard business to kind of sell, honestly, yeah. even though like, you know, everyone and their mamas have a web design business. Um, I don't know. It just, it's definitely hard for companies to justify spending a lot of money. Um, if it's not, you know, actually trying to help solve some business goals. So I need a, you know, I'm trying to craft my offer a little bit better um to kind of combat that and uh yeah so this book's definitely really good love it love it um i'll say the the last book that i read first of all actually back up i love to see um, um something's going down out there um yeah um i baby okay um yeah, I love the book. I think like having experts that that can like kind of give you some of like the secrets to like that can give information on like really specific things like 
how yeah. to craft a pitch is so helpful or how to like present your value in a way that like makes people feel like I have to accept it. That's so useful. Like so many business books yeah. I feel like are like too general. So broad. Yeah. 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 If we can get super specific, it's, it's way more. I think uh, that's like the future of education, man, where it's like, you know, like not general classes or GEs, right. We're just yeah. like super specific certain things. You know, like this, where, you know, my next business ventures, I'm going to be reading this and kind of crafting everything based on this book and the framework totally. and stuff of this book. Um, I mean, yeah. And then, you know, just like, you know, like maybe, you know, it'd be courses on like how to onboard, you know, people correctly, you know, just like kind of things where it's just like very specific knowledge. Um, and you're able to like search and kind of like see exactly what you want or what you need to learn because you don't need to learn everything right certain things you can yep. kind of develop experience some things kind of more common sense so it's great to have you know something that's very specific to what you're looking for yeah love it i've been i've been um listening to influence um like the art of persuasion it's like a, a really popular oh, yeah. sales book um yeah i'm like yeah, yeah. chapter two right now like blown away Love it. Yeah. Um, Cause like moving into this, into a new like revenue sales focused role. And it's crazy how like it's so applicable and sure. I could go read like a bunch of business books or I could read like three or four books on selling. And I feel like be a 10 times better salesperson or 10 times better yeah. at convincing people to do things, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. That's something I'm I'm really diving deep into, really mastering is like sales. I think that's one of the biggest ROI skills that you can 100%. have, and it can be you know from any certain thing. It's not even a sales job. You know, you 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 pitch yourself, you sell yourself for every single thing. We're trying yep. to get a girlfriend or boyfriend. Um, when you're trying to get a job, you know, like when you're doing anything, you're trying to sell yourself, right? Oh, so yeah. if you know certain you know frameworks or strategies and stuff life's just going to be a lot easier. If you ever want to do like any mock calls or whatever, like kind of practice, let me know. Cause I'm also oh, yeah. doing that. Love it, man. Love it. Um, okay. Let's rush through these because there's chaos going right, on outside. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. What is the I'll last short <laughs> answer? <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. What is the last movie that you watched? Um, the last movie I watched in full was the new uncharted movie, um, which was really good. I liked it a lot. It was funny and stuff. Good action. Um, I'm, I'm, I was currently watching The Last Samurai. I heard it was really good. Yeah. Um, like right before our, our chat. <laughs> cool. I, I watched this movie um, called The Power of the Dog. It was terrible. Like, I, I, don't, I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's like a cowboy. You know what's a terrible Green The Green Knight is a Bro, terrible movie. I hated that movie. movie. Oh, we, we talked about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, bro. I, I, I left the theater, the dude. theater, bro. Same. Yeah. It was terrible yeah i thought yeah. honestly i thought it was a joke like this has to be a joke this is so boring yeah yeah it was so terrible bro. anyway yeah and it had a good actor from um yeah slumdog millionaire i really yeah. like that guy and then this is just terrible movie yeah it was so boring okay what's the last concert <laughs> you attended concert yeah um i went to a j cole concert love it how was it that was fire i was on the floor seats um, nice my girlfriend's mom hooked it up with some tickets. And then before that was a Kendrick Lamar and then Travis Scott was like opening it or kind of, or something like that. So that was pretty dope. Yeah. Bro. I'm so jealous. Kendrick Lamar, like that, that's, I've seen a lot of concerts and he's one of the few people that like, I would love to see. And I still haven't seen, 
So super jealous. Super yeah, jealous. it was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Um, if you could have dinner with two people, one person's dead, like you don't have to kill them, but like they're somebody that is dead. <laughs> um, and then one person alive, who would you pick? Um, I would choose. Damn. Um, dead or alive, dead or alive, dead or alive. I don't know. I've always, I've been kind of gravitating towards Warren Buffett a lot yeah. just because I'm very interested in the whole, you know, whole thing where you kind of just have like a holding company, you just buy companies or whatever, right? That's kind of what I was mentioning earlier about acquiring companies. Um, so I guess I would chat with Warren Buffett alive and then Leonardo da, uh, da Vinci for sure. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Genius. Yeah. Yeah, super interesting. But the thing that's crazy is that no one knew that he was a genius until he was dead. Yeah. Super yeah. So like he lived his whole life, you know, doing all these discoveries and thinkings and stuff, and no one knew about it. I have this book called How to Think Like Him, and like, I need to finish reading that. But um, yeah, some frameworks, I guess, about how he went about starting things. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. I don't know that much about him. so um, No, he's but, crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that. Um. Okay, man. Well, this has been lots of fun. We're coming up on time. Um, how can people like, I learned so much, like, boom, mind blown. <laughs> I had a blast. Um, we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. How can people find you? Like if someone listened to this and they're like, well, frick, I have to have Diego do my website or I got to follow that guy on Twitter. Where can they find you? Yeah. So um, Twitter is the one with the number one Diego Diaz. Um, and then pretty much the same on Instagram. I'm starting to use that a little bit more. Um, and then ammo.studio, if you're interested in, you know, getting your website done. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's where I'm most active is on Twitter. So the one, number one, Diego Diaz. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Diego. This was a blast. Take care. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it, homie.